And you're going to hear this very brief dialogue between Jesus Christ and the Apostle Peter. I want you to think about the fact that Peter was first called by Christ to leave his profession as a fisherman with really no other skill sets on his resume to suggest why he would be called to be a disciple except that Christ invited him. Along the way, he seems to emerge as one of the leaders of the disciples, one who engaged in very special conversation with Jesus. And now, after he's been traveling with Jesus for some time, in a more relaxed moment, Jesus asks a question, which I want to suggest to you changed everything for Peter. I want you to wonder how he felt when he first heard it. I want you to wonder what he was thinking about what he should say when he heard the question. I want you to consider what would you say if Jesus asked this question of you. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked the disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join with me in a word of prayer. Gracious, loving, and eternal God, we are humbled to consider even the possibility that we would be in a conversation with you, that one that you would choose, not the one where we come running to ask you all kinds of things and telling you what to do, but rather you would intensely come to each one of us and want to just sit and talk and listen to us. May your spirit move in this room and through the lives of all who worship today to have that experience and that understanding that that's how close you are and that's your desire for us to be here with you, that we might go forth to be for you. Pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All questions are not equal. The question of, would you like to go get coffee sometime, maybe in a year or two we'll transition to, will you marry me? Mom, can I go outside to play, is an innocent question asked by a a child who one day may become that woman who turns to her mother and asks the question, Mom, would you be willing to come live with us? Do you think the Lions draft picks will help us get to the playoffs in the next two years? (laughs) Is an important question that will be transcended only by this next question, do you think we'll be able to repeat as Super Bowl champions? This is a place of hope, my friends. (laughs) 
you should know that your pastor in front of you has been a Lions fan for 19, six, since 1961. So either I'm delusional <laughs> or have high faith or both. Point is, not all questions are equal. You get that. You understand what I'm saying. And Jesus asked a lot of questions. If you're one who thinks that Jesus primarily came to tell us what to do, to give us commandments, to say what you can and shouldn't, then I would invite you to take time to read your Bible. Because Jesus asked a lot of questions. One pastor took the time to look it up and do the research, and he came up with a list of 135 questions that Jesus asked as the gospel was recorded. Those questions vary from, would you be willing to get me some water? Which sounds, of course, like a very innocent question, unless you understand it's the beginning of the whole story of his relationship with that Samaritan woman whose life was transformed by the simple asking of a question. And then there are other questions, the questions that are far more life-impacting, perhaps at least easily seen that way, like, would you follow me? And the question that Peter gets today. I want you to think about the question that Peter gets today because I'm contending to you with my whole being, it is the question. Of all of the questions, of the 135 that Jesus asked, and all the questions that you're going to ask and be asked in this week or over the course of your life, this is the question. Who do you say that I am? Now, Peter had been witness to and on the receiving end of a lot of Jesus' questions, so that wasn't particularly surprising to him. It's interesting to note that Jesus does not begin Peter's discipleship by saying, who do you say that I am? Nor does he end Peter's discipleship by saying, now that you've seen it all, who do you say that I am? But right here, somewhere in the middle of this journey, he pauses for a moment and says, who do other people say that I am? And they hear a number of answers. And then he asks the question, who do you say that I am? Peter answers the question, as you know. You heard the story read. He says, you are the Messiah. Now he's answering the question with the best information he had at hand. He really did believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus says, well, don't tell anybody. And we quickly see Jesus told him not to tell anybody, not because he was trying to keep it a secret, because he was also about to reveal how much Peter didn't know about who he was. Because Jesus goes on to say, well, let me tell you what this Messiah is going to do. And he describes what he's going to do in the holy city. He describes the fact he's going to be killed and he has to suffer along the way. Peter doesn't like that version of Jesus. He says, you can't do that. No, I'm not going to let you do that. I will stand in front of all that and protect you from that. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, shut up and sit down. Now, in the Bible, it says he rebuked Peter, but you haven't been rebuked lately. So here's what he said. Shut up and sit down. Because there's so much you still don't know. For example... He goes on to say, and if your Bible is still open, it's okay. We won't judge you. He says in the next few verses, he begins to teach what will happen to him in the holy city. But he also then says, if any of you want to become my followers, followers, 
Let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. There's a whole lot that Peter still didn't understand. And I think that's why Jesus asked the question. Not to get Peter caught in a wrong answer. Because that's what I used to think. I used to think. And there's some sections of the church universal that talk about Jesus asks the question. You've got to have the right answer. There's a right answer. I've got to get you all to answer it this way. Confirmands, you've been in class for a year. And I need you to answer the questions correctly. I know that's what you've been taught. I know that's not true. Because what I've now come to understand is Jesus is not asking Peter the question as if there is one right answer. But rather, it matters that today you know what the answer is as far as you understand it. It sets your baseline of what you will be by what you know and what you have yet to learn. Today, we come forward in all manners of ways. Some come forward for waters of baptism. All of you are going to be invited to come forward for the sacrament of Holy Communion. Some of you are going to be asked to literally turn over your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord. And you get asked the question, who do you say that I am? What matters the most today is that you understand that you answer that question to the best of your ability and then know how you live tomorrow or either validate what you said or prove how much you have yet to learn. The Jesus I know today is not the Jesus that I knew when I was baptized. Oh, I, I actually didn't know anything because I was baptized as a baby, but I was raised in a faith family, and they started to teach me about Jesus, but what I knew about him at that point was both true and not even close to being fully true. And when I was confirmed, I said, yes, I said, I do, I said, I will, because I wanted to, and I said it to the fullest of my ability. But I know more about Jesus today than I did then. Confirmation for me was different than it was for you. Um, In my confirmation experience, we met for six Saturday mornings at nine o'clock in the morning in the pastor's office for an hour and a half. It was riveting. (laughs) And I don't remember much about it, I'm going to be honest with you. I do remember that we had to memorize the Apostles' Creed. We did that, and that's the only thing that stuck with me from from that confirmation class. And in the middle of the Apostles' Creed, it tells me about Jesus. I believe in Jesus Christ, God only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. And that's what I memorized. When I was confirmed, that's what I would have said who Jesus is. And I'd have been right. And I would have had so much yet to know. What I've come to understand is that the question, who do you say that I am, 
is an invitation to a relationship to each day consider that question all over again. Shane Claiborne, who is called a Christian activist, which I think is an interesting term, a Christian activist. Seems in my mind that all Christians ought to be activists. Seems in my mind that your neighbors ought to be talking about you to the other neighbors. There's that Christian activist family over there. They seem to be pretty pro-Jesus. Well, Shane Claiborne, who's a Christian activist, he's written some great books like Irresistible Revolution and, and uh, many other great books. He says it this way. He says, the more I get to know Jesus, the more trouble he gets me into. And it's true. Man, if I had just kept to the Apostles' Creed version coming out of confirmation, I'd have had an easier life. I could have gone and been a pastor, and I could have served churches and been quiet and not stirred the waters and never made anybody upset. I could have come here 12 years ago and just maintained status quo and not ask any hard questions, and I would have more hair and less weight today if I'd have done that. But it seems that Jesus that I have come to know keeps asking more and more and giving even more and more in a pursuit of discovering the fullness of who Christ is. You see, the Jesus that I know today is not one simply found in a creed. Now, you guys wrote some amazing creeds, and in the confirmation booklet, I hope, that you'll get a chance to see what they wrote. We no longer ask the confirmation class to write a confirmation creed, as if any of you could get together and write one paragraph that you're all going to agree to. But what we do ask is for you to figure out what you believe, because at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. What do you believe about Jesus today? Is what we're about to ask you to come forward. And whatever you answer is what Christ is going to ask you to live out tomorrow. And the best news is, whatever you answer will change. Not so much because Jesus changes, but because you begin to discover more of what Jesus is doing in the world and in you and around you. Let me give you two examples. Friends of mine, not of this church, although they could be, find themselves now in their relationship where after a number of years and responsibilities wonder whether or not they love each other. And both have more than enough reason and justification to suggest why the other one isn't worth loving anymore. They both would be justified in doing that because both have made mistakes. But my question is, who does Jesus ask of you How does Jesus ask of them, who is he? Because the Jesus that I've come to know has taught me oftentimes the hard way, and oftentimes in a way which I resisted until he finally won me over, to realize that maybe what he's asking me is, how do I actually forgive? To what extent do I willingly live truth in my life because of who I say Jesus is? To what extent am I willing to trust Jesus in the context of my intimate relationships and my friendships and my family and the people I relate to, 
how am I to them because of how I answer the question, who is Jesus? Is Jesus really someone in any situation who can still make resurrection happen? The answer to that question matters. A little bit later on today, after you guys get confirmed, we're going to come back and we're going to take a vote as a church. And quite frankly, we've been in conversation prayer about this for four and a half years, so it's really a celebration of where God has taken us. I'm not particularly going to be surprised by the results, I don't think. <laughs> but there are times when the church has to decide what it's going to be. Is the church going to be a place to take care of the people who are already inside, or is the church going to be a place that goes out to reach out to others and is willing to adapt and change so more and more people can know the love of Jesus Christ? Is the church going to always play it safe, or is the church going to take risks? Are you going to take risks as the members of the church to do things that will stretch you and push you because it matters? Pastor not me, but I wish I would have said it, once said this, we don't follow Jesus because he gets us out of hell or that it gets us into heaven. We follow Jesus because he matters. In the next few moments, we're going to invite you to come up. I'm going to ask you some questions of faith in a few minutes, and you're going to come kneel. When they do that, they're going to ask you to remember when you did. Or maybe for some of you, they're going to invite you to consider maybe it's time you did kneel and accept Jesus Christ. And the only question that matters is not about your theology or you know, how you do what you do. The question that matters is who do you say Jesus is? And what are you going to do tomorrow to validate that? The rest... I've learned to trust over to God. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters the most is that the question of all questions remains what we ask at night and what we commit to in the morning to the best of our understanding. Thanks be to God that we are all asked and we can all respond. Amen. Oh,